If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about habits for your life, all right? And I hope that your habits are taking, see, they are taking you somewhere, and I hope that your habits are taking you where you want to go. And I'm going to help you today. We're going to look through the scripture. We're going to, we're going to find out just ex- in how important it is to get our habits working to our benefit. Can I get a good amen this morning? Amen. Now, um, I want to have Eric Ortenblad make his way up here for just a moment. Man, doesn't he look handsome? Yes. Even though he's from Minnesota. <laughs> uh, this is... Eric Ortenblatt, he received this morning's communion, but I also want to announce to you, as we announced to our men yesterday, our men's breakfast, he is our new men's director here at One Cause Church, all right? And um, we're very excited about having this part of our team. Pastor Brandon has done such a tremendous job with our men's ministry. Tremendous job, as well as preaching the word, and he's he's. He's uh, overseeing, obviously, our, our young adults group, and he's, he's uh, just my great friend and right-hand man, and I'm just, I've asked him to, to, to uh, put more emphasis on other things here at the church, and we've talked about it, and he just felt that it was, it was a, the season was changing anyway, and uh, so this guy, because of his faithfulness here and just willingness to do anything, He's very talented, he's, you know, does lots of wonderful things. He's a gunsmith, I like that about him, and he's a good shot too. And, but he's a father of a beautiful lady. Where is Jenna? In the nursery, doing, doing her thing. Father of two, two beautiful girls. He was the stu- former student body of Christ for the Nations Institute. Just a lot of wonderful things about him. But that, those aren't the reasons why, even though they're great. The reasons why is because he's always available to serve the house of God. And Eric has put himself in the place to serve. And when you do that, God elevates your life. So it doesn't matter about your talent and your skill and all those kinds of things. All those things are wonderful. But your availability and your willingness is what qualifies you to serve in the kingdom of God. And God loves that. And God makes sure that that happens for your life. And Eric is an example of that. Someone who's just put himself in the place to serve. And God's lifting him up. So praise God. We're excited. Love you, buddy. I will, I will at some time tell you about a really significant thing that Eric spoke into my life, actually into the life of this church that has launched us into a new thing. And, uh, but I don't have time to get into it today. Uh, version Notes, if you have the Version app on your electronic device, you can go there and search One Cause Church on the live button, and uh, you can follow my notes today. Next week, everybody say next week. That's Mother's Day, so bring mom to church, all right? We're going to have a great time. We've got, um, we, we always give a little something to our mamas uh, just as a token of our appreciation, but we're going to start a new series called The Family, and that is going to run all the way through Father's Day, and you do not want to miss one Sunday in this series. I'm telling you, it's going to be spectacular, and you're going to learn some new things. You're going to learn some old things, but you're going to learn, and uh, I'm going to get some things into your life that are going to help you just in your practical, everyday living as a family, but understanding ladies and gentlemen, that a nation is only as great as the families that are 
in it. And we need great families in the earth today. And we find great families in the house of God, amongst the people of God, as the shining examples of a God kind of family. How God called us to function as fathers and mothers and children in the earth to show his glory, to show his power, to reveal his grace to all mankind. All right? So you don't want to miss that. Now today, I want to just hit you with this. I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to hit you a little bit, all right? It's, it's never the unusual things that occur in our lives that define our lives. It is the daily thing that defines our life. It's the routine of our lives, the thoughts, the words, the actions, our belief system. These are the things that define who we are. It's how others relate to us. When they see you, they have a certain opinion about you by the habits that you have formed for your life. Your habits are what make up your life. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, like one apple will not make you healthy for life. I had one the other day, and I'm pretty sure the effects have worn off by today. I was kind of hoping for an opposite effect. You know, Jesus totally redeemed us, didn't he? Whatever happened in that Garden of Eden the day that Adam and Eve took a bite of that apple and death came to all, that Christ has reversed everything. I mean, he has completely reversed the curse. Even more so, as bad as the curse was, his good way outdid the bad of the curse. His blessing far outweighs. His grace superabounds more than our sin. You need to be encouraged by that today because some of you are good at, were good at it. Not today, though. Uh, you're different now. You're saved by grace today. Amen? Think about all the things that you've done, and his grace just superabounds that. So I'm thinking, okay, if I eat this apple, they ate the apple in the garden and everything went bad. If I eat it just one time, maybe on this side of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, I'll get all the good stuff. No, it's not reality. You know why? Because we don't even know if it was an apple. The Bible never says it, say it was an apple that they ate. It says they ate a piece of fruit. So I can't apply that. So I'm going to have to eat more apples. I wanted to challenge that oh, apple a day keeps the doctor away, but I'm going to have to eat more apples, I guess. Not a one-time experience. One visit to the gym per month is not going to make you fit. It's the daily things. Tell your neighbor, it's the daily things. It's the daily things. It's the daily routines of our life that make up our life. Hmm. I know you're so glad you came to church to hear this today. See, by our makeup, we quickly get into routines, into a system, and into habits. As one sign says in the Ozark Mountains, choose your rut wisely. You'll be in it for many miles. Choose your habits wisely because they are defining your life. Be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you're thinking, what you're doing, because it will soon be your lifestyle. And, you know, we try to bust out of those things. You know, we, when we realize that the routine of our life or the habit that we've developed is not taking us to where we want to be, we just want to bust out of that thing, right? And, and we find that when we go to attempt that, that it's not always as easy as we want it to be, right? We want it to all be summed up by the end of the Michael Jackson song. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. You remember that song? Nobody's going to help me sing this morning? No message could have been any clearer. Oh, 
I, I forgot I was in church. Y'all listen to Christian music only. <laughs> Maybe I need to get redeemed, get a new habit. Okay. So we find it's not that easy, though. We find it's not that easy to make the change. I mean, we want to. We say we're going to, but doing it's a whole other monster. Just try. Tomorrow morning when you get up, just try putting your pants on with the other leg first. Just try it. You're not going to like it. Try going without coffee if you're a regular coffee drinker. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. Speaking of coffee, I do have a routine of going to Starbucks. And I go for a couple of reasons. One, because I like coffee. But another, because I love to meet people. And Starbucks has this great culture about it. As a matter of fact, the man who started Starbucks says, we don't sell coffee, we sell community. And man, did he ever have it figured out. That there is a little community in those little Starbucks everywhere. But it's incredible. You see people in their routine, man. Starbucks, I mean, they cater to your routine. They cater to your every whim. I mean, if they don't make it right, then they're going to make it until they make it right. And so people, they will dream up the craziest drinks, right? And, and, and like, you know, you'll hear, I like just listening to them order sometimes. I just think, how far out are you that you took the time and the energy to come up with that drink, you know? Even, I mean, I've heard them tell them 140 degrees on the milk. I wanted 140 degrees. How can you possibly know that you want it at 140 degrees? How do you know that? I mean, you, you have really taken the time to study this out. And I want, I want, the, I want a, vanilla, a vanilla latte, but I want an extra pump vanilla, and I don't want any froth on the top. Make sure you remove the froth because I don't like the froth, right? So they go through all this. They listen. They take the order, and, man, boy, she opens up the lid and inspects it. And if there's froth there, there is hell to pay, right? I said, no froth! I stand there and go, lady, look up around you. There's a real world you're living in. There's a life to live. Huh? But... People get in the routine, and, and, and some of us here, we, if I, it, we get irritated if our routine gets messed up. Amen. Now, I want to just admit and confess to you today, that's one I'm working on even as I'm speaking right now. We like our routine. We don't like things changing. We like the habits. Well, even if we don't like the habits, the truth is, a lot of times, we stay in them anyway. Choose your habits wisely. One quote says that 99% of our life is a mass of habits. See, if you have a routine, if that's the case, then if you have a routine of being in the house of the Lord, if you have a routine of, of trusting the Word of God, if you have a routine of praying and walking by faith, being in a community of believers, then your life will go in the direction of the blessings of God. It will bring your life up to that reality. Praise God. So we are, we are a product of our habits. What if you have a habit of fear, though? What if you have a habit of anger, of poverty? Because the truth is that your economic position is, is, is pretty much a reaction to your habits. Now, we can blame everybody we want, but at the end of the day, we're the guys spending the money, Right? Two of you agreed. 
You can want more, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have more unless you can develop a new habit. So if 99% of your life is automatic, how do you get those automatics that will get you to where you want to go? To get you where God has called you. In the scripture, Philippians 2, we're going to see a secret here that's really powerful. See, if we learn worldly and natural habits, then, then we will be affected by worldly and natural ways. But if we learn spiritual habits, our lives will elevate, hallelujah, in that blessing of the Lord. When I was a kid, it might be hard for some of you young people to believe this, but didn't have a cell phone. You had to have a lot of money to have a cell phone back then, and it came in a little bag, and it sat in your car. Y'all remember that? It was about this big. Not even a teenager. As a teenager, I didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have internet. I didn't have any of that stuff. I wasn't, it wasn't until I was about 27 or 28 that I had a cell phone. There was no such thing as texting. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram, Right? Can you imagine life without Instagram? Can you imagine life without Facebook? Right? But now I have that cell phone, I can't stay off the stupid thing. And I hate the cell phone sometimes. I, I just think some t- I, I have a word for it. It's blursing. It's a curse and a blessing mixed together. It's a blursing. Amen. That cell phone, I mean, think about it. You could just... You think, somebody posted a picture in the last 90 seconds since I last looked. <laughs> right? Who's tweeting right now? Who did I, I, I want to stay on top. I mean, we're on the phone all the time. So much so that even in my house, we text each other in the house. <laughs> Anybody else do that? Now, I know we're not the only ones that do that, right? I've, I've witnessed one day Heather sitting next to Madeline, next to her on the couch, texting, texting each other. And over there, he, he, he. I went, what is going on? Who are you texting? Her. Her? Jesus. But we develop these habits, see, because we are habitual in nature. My father and I were, father-in-law and I were riding around yesterday running some errands, and he told me, he said, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you had to be concerned about the drunk driver. But now you got to watch out for the texters because they drive just like the drunk drivers, right? They're all over the road. I mean, they're going everywhere. I saw a guy a few days ago on El Dorado Parkway passing him up because he had slammed on his brakes. I didn't know what was going on with the guy. There was nobody around, no reason for him to slam on his brakes and go half the speed limit that he was recently going. I'll go around him, and his head's just like this, and he's got his phone right here, and he's got his hand on the wheel. I go, hey, how are you seeing where you're going, man, Right? He must have been born with a he must have been born with an eyeball on his hand or something, you know, where he could a special. I don't know what the heck. I'm watching this guy. Oh Lord. Right? What could possibly more, be more important than you driving? And so we have to make these, these new laws. No texting while you drive, and it's becoming more and more illegal. Right? And I think before long it's gonna take over everywhere, but there are some places that have already outlawed. Right? I thought we already had that law covered, thou shalt not kill. But apparently we had to get a little bit more specific with it and say, don't text while you drive. Why do we have to have this new law? Because we have new habits. And the business today, they know that. And, they, and the business today is to get you into a habit. 
That's the business that sells. That's the business that makes the money. What if, what if we could be in a habit of praying in the Holy Ghost? What if we could be in a habit of spiritual things? The things of God, seeking Him in His Word and letting Him be the first one you connect to in the day rather than who tweeted all night last night. What if we could build those habits based on the promises of God? See, that new, ha- that new habit is what will redefine your life. Now, all right, let's get to the scripture. Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more, everybody say much more, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, Paul said, don't just do this when I'm around. Much more do it while I'm not around. Much more. Make, make it the habit of your, make it your lifestyle all the time. You have to make something, this something that you live, right? Work out your own salvation. Now, I know you did, these are not words that you want to hear. When you came to church today, you did not want to come here to hear work and work out. You came here because you wanted to learn about grace and all the free stuff from heaven. Don't look at me so religiously. I want that too. All right? And it's all good. But this right here, this scripture tells us about this wonderful thing called working out. Everybody say, work out. Tell your neighbor, you need to work out. Don't tell them in more ways than one. Just leave that part out. You, <laughs> you want to, this is important. See, this is, this is the building. This is how we build. This is how we develop a new habit. It's how we get into a, a, a new routine. It's, it's the working out of ourselves. Now, I want you to listen to the Amplified. This is so powerful. The Amplified version says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore, my dear ones, you have all, uh, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now not only with the enthusiasm you should show. Now, everybody say enthusiasm. With enthusiasm. I love that word enthusiasm. It's a, it, it's a, has, it's a root. Its root is two Greek words, in. It means in God. Enthusiasm is directly connected to in God. You cannot be enthusiastic without God. Oh, you might think you're being enthusiastic. Enthusiasm cannot be done without God. In theos. Enthusiastic. Why in the world do we have this enthusiastic praise and worship because we want you to praise him enthusiastically because that's what God is in. And if you are in God, then you will be enthusiastic. Hallelujah. That's just part of your DNA. It's the part of the makeup of your life as a child of God. David said, I used to go to the house of God with the festive throng. Church is not a begrudging thing. This is a place where we can come with joy in our hearts and and praise on our lips and take that time to bless God and thank him for Jesus who made all the difference. I was reading the book of Job yesterday. I want to say thank God for Jesus. People always comparing their lives to Job like Jesus never even came. Oh, I feel like Job. What's wrong with you, man? You're like 6,000 years off. Hey, somebody came. His name is Jesus. He died for your sins. He was buried, and he rose again from the dead, and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, who is a mediator for you. The man Christ Jesus is seated there on your behalf. Job cried out. He said, I have no mediator, and he didn't have a mediator. He didn't have a man that could stand between him and God, but you ain't Job. Hallelujah. You're a child of the living God in a new covenant established on better promises today. 
Don't buy into that religious nonsense that you've got to somehow take on the persecution of Job. It's ridiculous. Not even the same reality. Amen. Amen. Pastor Eric, that was good preaching. You really set me free today. I tell you what. Well, uh, you're welcome. Anyway, but it's enthusiasm. Why is it that we want you to come in here and do that? Because it's enthusiasm. It's what connects our spirits to God. That's why I like to preach enthusiastically. Last name's Holler. Kind of got to live up to that, but I like to preach enthusiastically. I want to live my life enthusiastically for the, for, for the kingdom, for the, for the glory of God. For, we, just gotta, we ought to just be at a place where we just can never get over Jesus. We just can't get over. I've never been able to recover from his goodness. I've never been able to recover from his grace. And I, you know, I don't really care what that, you know, who that aligns me with and who that separates me from. I don't flip and care. Amen. Forever and ever, we are going to enthusiastically praise him. You remember the book of Revelation, how it talks about heaven? It is loud. It is rambunctious. There's lightning and thunder, right? I mean, it's loud. Well, I just keep this. It's a personal thing, Pastor Eric, between me and God. Well, you okay. Well, you're going to find out. You might as well start practicing right now. Right now, start practicing right now like you are already in heaven because that's going to be a whole new reality for you if you don't start getting used to it right now. Because <laughs> in heaven, there are no denominations. There are no men's traditions. There's us standing in the grace of God forever and ever and ever and ever. That's a joy that never ends. That's a well that never runs dry. That's a peace that is forever. Woo! Glory to God. Now, in theos, and if it's not in God, then it's just a religious routine that does not create life. Enthusiasm, it engages your spirit. Listen, if you're not enthused, then your spirit, you're not allowing your spirit to be connected to the Lord. I'm talking about the spirit of your life, not your actual spirit. Your spirit's redeemed. I'm talking about the spirit of your life. If you're just going through routine, then there's no impact. And if there's no impact, then you just come in through these doors and you leave in the same condition as you came in. And you never allow yourself a new habit, a change, a new start, a new routine. Hallelujah. He says, with enthusiasm you should show. In my presence, but much more because I'm absent. Work out. I like this. Cultivate. Carry out to the goal and fully complete. See, God has called you to be a finisher. It's one thing to start, but praise God, he's called finishers. He is the author of your faith, and he is the finisher. Hallelujah. He expects you to show up there. He expects you to finish your race, to run your race with everything in you, and to cross that finish line. Amen? So you have to get it in your life that you're going to develop habits and routines that will cause you to finish your race. Fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution. This is just talking about being serious about this. 
We've got to be serious about this, about our, our approach to God and our approach to this work that Jesus Christ did for us by making us born all over again, by making us a new creation. What are we going to do about that? Because you are called to do something about it. Contrary to religious preaching out there that says God is sovereign and he's going to do his will and basically there's nothing you can do about it. Pardon me. I'm sorry. I live on planet Earth where I have a free will. God has called me to have dominion and subdue the earth and to live like like him in the earth. He gave me a choice. God, God's, God's not up there going, well, well you, you give it a shot, but I'm going to do whatever I want to anyway. Right. Right? God's not going to do that. He's not going to break his promises. He's not going to break his word. He's not going to do that. When he says something, he means it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's why he can be trusted fully. That's why you can take the limits off to trusting God because he already, people say, don't put God in a box. Yeah, you don't have to because he put himself in a box. He put himself in this box called the boundaries of his word, hallelujah, which he will not go outside of. He will not lie. He will not turn. He is going to stay good. The Bible says, hey, all good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means he's not going to bless you one day and blast you the next. He is going to bless, 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 and keep on blessing. He's going to keep on being good, and he's not good because of what you do or don't do. He's good because he's good. Hallelujah. Because he has chosen to be good. He's chosen to love us. He's chosen to put himself in that position to have all relationship with all men, to call all men to come to be a part of him. Hallelujah. He invites all of us to this banqueting table. All of us are there. See, I just happen to believe that your name was written in heaven the day that Jesus Christ paid for your sin. I don't believe that your name is written in heaven the moment you bow your head and say, Lord, into my heart. I, I mean, I, I just don't believe that's when it happens. Because the Bible says God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto himself. So as far as God Almighty is concerned, the whole world is saved. And men have to show up there to face this judge up without faith to say, I've rejected what you've paid for. And the Bible says at that moment, then he will blot their name out. What they did, what God did was he, he made reservations for all men. At this table. Everybody's names are at the table. Because of what Jesus did. Hey. Claim your reservation. Don't cancel it. You're either going to claim it or you're going to cancel it. But your name's there anyway. See that's how badly God wants you in heaven. He wants you there way more than you want to be there. Way more than you want to be there. Because when he looks at his son and he sees those covenant marks on him, he wants to get as many people there as possible. He wants Jesus to receive full payment for his sacrifice. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how many people that's going to take. God Almighty only himself can know that. But when his heart gets full of that, when he gets satisfied that he paid for enough, then it's all going to be over. But today, the floodgates of grace are open to all who will call upon his name, freely gives us salvation to anyone who believes. What an incredible, loving God that we serve today. Well, I didn't mean to get off on that. Okay. Uh, We've got to work this thing out. We've got to work this. See, this, this gets you flowing into what God has planned for your life. You know God has a plan for your life. He does. 
And if you don't work it out, then, then, then uh, though you're on your way to heaven, you will not experience what we heard in that scripture reading this morning. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, I know you're saved. I know you're saved because you said you were a Christian on Facebook. Because you have a bump sticker that says One Cause Church. Or maybe you got Jesus fish and maybe five of them to represent every member of the family. And you wear all the t-shirts that they take in products out there and made them scriptures. Like Coca-Cola became Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, help us get a little more creative than that. But um, that's another sermon in and of itself. Listen, that's what God wants for you, but you have to work it out. He has abundant life for you, but you have to work it out. Are you hearing me? So when you get into that enthusiastic workout and that flow of God's habits, then his energy and his purpose starts working on your behalf. The, the, the message says, be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy. Hallelujah. An energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. You know what, you know what gives God pleasure? Giving you abundant life. You know what gives God pleasure? Giving you the kingdom. So Jesus said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. All right? So our life is generally the result of our beliefs, thoughts, words, and actions, the habits that we develop. Scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, that old phrase, what you think is what you are, really is true. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. And my question to you is today, what is the abundance of your heart? Because whatever the abundance is, is going to show up in the way you talk. And whatever you're talking about is taking your life in that direction. So it's, you see how important how all this is tied together? That that little tongue is just like that little rudder on that big ship. And I know you guys are all living big lives. But that tongue will take your big life wherever it tells you to go. Right? So we got to see what's going on here in the heart. What does your heart look like? What, what is the abundance of your heart? Is it, is it, I believe that Jesus heals. Anybody here believe that Jesus heals? Anybody believe that he took those marks upon his back so that we could be made whole, that that was in full force the moment he took that first stripe on his back, right? I mean, believe that. But, but is that the abundance of your heart or, or, or is ibuprofen right up there with it? What's the abundance of your heart? Hmm? Or is that surgery going to be the fix-all? Or is the healing power of God greater? Now, I know I'm challenging you a little bit, and you need to be challenged. We all need to be challenged. What is the abundance of our heart? I mean, it would be 30%, you know, yeah, God wants me to prosper, but then the 70%, however, however much I can get from the government, which 49% of our nation is doing right now, Okay, I'll get out of politics. I'm back. We, <laughs> how many of you believe the Lord wants us to live a long life? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We see it in Scripture. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. Yeah. For this is right. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long on the earth. Yeah. Amen. What a great promise to children. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 3 says, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days, long life, and peace they will add to you. 
Yeah, Psalm 91 says that he will satisfy you with good days. With long life, he will satisfy you. Long life is a promise from God. It's not God's will that people die early. I don't care what that preacher says trying to comfort the family at the funeral. I used to work at a funeral home, and I heard the the most erroneous stuff come from men of God who are supposed to bring comfort and say, well, the Lord needed another rose picker in glory, so he snuffed out this little three-year-old. you got to be kidding me. Why does the Bible promise us long life then? Why does God have these wonderful promises for us? As a matter of fact, there's one place that says that you can claim 120 years. 120 years. You're blessed with believing Abraham. You know how long Abraham lived? 175 years. After he had Isaac at 100 years old, after he had Isaac at 100 years old, a few years later, Sarah dies. Well, guess what Abraham does? He gets a new wife, starts a new family, has six more kids. And at one time in his life, he stumbled at the thought that a 100-year-old man could have a kid. And boy, he got over that. Hmm? Who needs Viagra? (laughs) When you got a promise, when you got a covenant. I should back off a little bit. All right. Too much? (laughs) Go too far? Forgive me. I'll backpedal a little. I weren't ready for that one. Okay. Now, uh, where was I, honey? Oh, long life. (laughs) 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 Woo. Okay. I feel really red up here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Good night, everybody. I'm checking out. <laughs> With long life, he'll satisfy us. With long life, he'll say, listen to me. If that's the case, you say, oh, yeah, I believe God wants me to have long life. How come at 60 years old, you're retiring at 65, you can't wait to get medicated, and at 70, you're hoping that you survive? Right? And if you ever reach that point, you're living on borrowed time. Right? I never thought it would be a miracle if I made it to 70. Right? Hey, he promises you long life. Hey, when you turn 60, buy a Harley Davidson. Huh? Start a whole new life. Don't get a new wife. Start a whole new life. All right? (laughs) What is the abundance? What is the abundance of your heart? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 35 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Now listen, you can bring forth what you want in your life. You can bring forth what you don't want for your life. It all depends on the abundance of your heart. And your abundance of your heart is simply defined by the habits of your life. Your habits are the evidence of the abundance of your heart. Can I get a good amen today? Yeah. See, that's why some, that, that, that might be why you're not able to get increase in your life right now. That might, that might be why you continue to spin your wheels in the same old job with the same old pay. Huh? Because you got the wrong habits at work. you got to get a new thing going on. might be why your marriage is in a rut. Hmm? I mean, how, how long are you going to blame him? How long are you going to blame her? Year after year after year after year and nothing changed. I like being around teenagers because they're all about change. Everything's new to them. They're becoming adult-sized. 
So they start picking out their own clothes. I was telling the earlier service this. You used to just wear whatever mom laid out for you. When you get my age, you kind of go back to that. <laughs> whatever, whatever she lays out, okay, you wear this today, okay. But while you're a teenager, everything's new. So you're, you're coming into your own, right? You're growing up and you're, you're becoming independent. So clothes becomes extremely important, right? You're looking at other kids and you're thinking, oh, that's cool, that's cool. So you begin to kind of get your wardrobe together in your head, right? And, and you, whatever you see on TV or whatever's out there. And then, of course, mom and dad are like, what are you wearing? Why do you like that? What is wrong with you? Right? And the reason mom and dad are doing that is because they're still wearing the clothes that they picked out when they were a teenager. They got in a rut, and they stayed right there. Dad's still wearing his high school letter jacket. Right? Man, back in the day, that's his favorite phrase, back in the day. Hey, what's going on today, big boy? <laughs> Woo! And I went, I went from preaching right to meddling, man. I do, just stepping on people. Yeah, well. And, and another thing, you pick your music based on your age, too. Now, this is where I, again, I'm going to have to confess, I got a problem here. I really have a problem. I, can't, I cannot be a part of this hip-hop world. I just cannot partake of it. I'm having a hard time with it. I'm a rocker. I must rock. And for those about to rock... We salute you. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that, you know, when metal and, and, and I kind of like that Seattle sound, what they called grunge back, when that started fading away, I, I was like, well, okay, now what's happening now? I'm my, I don't like this. I don't like where this is going. And so my kids, they listen to music. I go, that is not music. That's noise. All right? And so I feel like, I mean, I'm a musician. I think, where did I miss it along the way? How did I, how did I, my kids not get my taste in music? Because I have real taste in music. I even like country. But I don't like the new country. I like Hank Williams. I like Patsy Cline. I like Jards, Jones. I, mean, I, I, like that. I, like that, I like that old school stuff, you know. Here I am, back in the day. See, we all find ourselves back in the day somewhere, don't we? Because we get in these habits, and we make that our religion. Right? And that habit's either going to bring you life or it's going to bring you death. Right? Oh, boy. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Habit, it's an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it becomes almost involuntary. And we find ourselves doing that. Getting to a routine and a habit, you think, how in the world am I ever going to break out of this? I want to encourage you with this one last thought. Hey, I know you're saved by grace through faith. That's the truth. I, that is the truth. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Hebrews, I mean, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, verse 10, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, uh, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is what we're talking about today, walking in those things. See, you got it, but you got to walk in it. As you live in the Spirit, so let us also walk in the Spirit. If you're a child of God, you are alive in the Spirit. You are living in the Spirit. But we have this commission from God to walk in the Spirit. That's by the daily routines of our lives. My father-in-law is one of my heroes in a lot of ways. I love that man. He's taught me a lot. 
I love him for a lot of reasons. Well, he gave me this beautiful girl. I don't know how that man helped produce her, but he did. And because uh, my mother-in-law is beautiful, but but he taught me he taught me hunting, and he taught me uh, he uh, just a lot of things about the outdoors, and taught me an appreciation for 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 wildlife and. Uh, conservation, all those kind of wonderful things. And taught, it taught me uh, uh, even more. My father, my father always worked hard. My father-in-law has always been a hard worker too. And he just taught me how to, how to finish a job. I don't know, it was applied. I know. But, but, you know, to start it and then finish it. <laughs> Thinking about all the things around the house. Um, but he smoked five packs a day. He's kind of an all or nothing guy. In case you know, that didn't tell the story. Five, a hundred cigarettes a day. All right? And years ago when he was living up in Kansas, he ran a, a kind of an all a hardware store kind of everything, a TV appliance, and he sold guns and kind of everything. And he said that I would have in every room a lit cigarette in an ashtray. And he said, I just go from room to room, pick up a new cigarette. Five packs a day. One day, he was in a grocery store, and he just saw the new Guns and Ammo magazine came out, and he grabbed the Guns and Ammo magazine and his carton of cigarettes that would last him two days. And when he got to the register, he didn't have enough money for both things. So he made a choice. He made a choice to read the magazine instead of smoke cigarettes. And so he just left the carton of cigarettes, bought the magazine, and ladies and gentlemen, never smoked another cigarette again. Now, I'm not saying it was easy for him, and I haven't asked him about all that, but I learned something about the mind, that when you make a choice, you have the power to fulfill that choice. If God gave you choice, then he gave you the power to stay with that choice. Hmm? Now, so we have the choice to either go the wrong way or the right way with it. But either way, you have a choice. And that choice will develop the habits for your life. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.